Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you the reviews on the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this episode, on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater, or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes, and let's dive into the world of television and film together. On this episode, it is all about TV, baby. The new Netflix series entitled Beef. This came out this year, 2023. It is created by Lee Sung Jin. It stars Stephen Yoon, Ali Wong, Joseph Lee, David Cho. This story, this TV show is about two people let a road rage incident burrow into their minds and slowly consume their every thought and action. Overall, this was a show I was looking forward to. I am a fan of David Cho. Uh, from his artwork, from his Vice show, Thumbs Up, from his former podcast, DVD, ASA. And I knew this was an upcoming acting project of his, which some of his co-stars, Andrew Santino uh, being one of them, were Stephen Yoon, I believe, as well, were saying good things about his acting. So I was excited to see him in this, which I'm surprised. I'm happy that he is somewhat of a bigger role. Uh, not the main character, however. I am also a big fan of both Steven Yoon and Ali Wong. Ali Wong, hilarious comedian. Uh, she was fun in the rom-com that came out, Always Be My Maybe, I believe. And uh, this is her first dramatic performance. And I got to say, this show blew me away. I loved it. This is also the first, I believe, A24 produced TV series. Um, but absolutely blown away. By far one of the best new shows on streaming, TV, whatever you want to call it. So good. So amazing. And uh, I'm. this is probably going to be a long episode as I dig into this show because it is a great show. Uh, you have the idea, what I believe this show could have been called. Now, this is a, a term that I've only heard used in reference to Koreans, by Koreans. Uh, and it is a term called Han. And I feel like this show, in many ways, encapsulates what Han is. Or at least what I've perceived it to be via context clues and just listening to People like David Cho uh, discuss what it is, what Han is. And it's something that I, I think is more of a term specific to Koreans. But I looked online and it's kind of had a longer history and kind of uh, the, the meanings behind it have changed. But how I feel it is, is Han is derived from the Chinese character which means resentment, hatred, or regret. Definitions and characteristics of Han are highly subjective. According to the translation journal, Han is frequently translated as sorrow, spite, rancor, regret, resentment, or grief, among many other attempts to explain a concept that has no English equivalent. But I've always experienced or thought of it as kind of this expression of like pent up emotions, anger, frustration. Like it is, it is like the, the, the packed in dynamite that exists where once the fuse reaches its destination, Han is what is expressed. And it's something I, it's something that I've, heard and seen and uh thought of in other races as well uh like irish and german uh have like this kind of not necessarily a short temper but when that that 
when that f- switch is flipped, it can get kind of like passionate, let's say. And it's usually negative emotions. So while watching this, I felt like this show at one point could have been titled Han. And maybe because I believe even though I, I don't think Ali Wong is Korean, I think that her character plays uh, somebody whose parents are from Korea or her mom's from Korea. Uh, Steven Yoon character is his parents are Korean. Um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that and like a lot of David Cho's Korean, like there's a lot of Koreans in this show. Um, not all Koreans, Japanese as well. Uh, a great show. I love it. Could have been called Han. Uh, the story is just such a great premise in itself to examine just how complex people are when you see these two people who had this road rage incident, but it's so much more than this incident. Like this incident just kind of sparks these two people who are both in a similarly repressed and suppressed existence trying to do what they think they should be doing to make other people proud of them. And this is almost like in a, this is like almost a release valve for them to get out these pent up emotions and energy that they have. Uh, and it just happens to be directed in a negative way. But you see how, you know, the struggle they have with life decisions and how those decisions kind of let led them down the paths that they're they're on paths that they may regret right they live lives they wish they wish they weren't living and the cathartic nature of them raging out versus trying to focus the energy in positive constructive ways which there is a character that that really pushes for that kind of use of the energy but done so in one of the most unique ways a way which i heard described as toxic positivity and i think that's the perfect way to describe this dude's character george um but both of those kinds of uh tactics for releasing this energy they're definitely not the same that you don't get that same cathartic feeling when you're channeling that rage into positive uh things but amazing performances from both of the leads. Ali Wong, like I said, comedian. I love her stand-up. Blown away with this performance, right? Only seen her in the, the that one rom-com, which was good. But in this, her performance is truly great. Such a layered performance within just like a scene. Like there's so much that just her acting in her face will tell in a scene within a scene and it, it it's the the, compl- the the range of emotions that goes on in her face alone uh, just in so many it's just it's amazing it's amazing to see just from an honest like an honest look to complete masking f- for people to absolute frustration to deep thought it's just like cycling through all of these different emotions and feelings just from a look on her face. So amazing. So perfect. Steven Yoon, obviously an amazing actor. He is great in this. At first, it seemed like his character was a bit two-dimensional. But as the show goes on, he himself has much depth as well. Obviously, great performance from him. Great moments. Great scenes that really show his range. And uh, all of the, even all the supporting performances, including David's show, are all amazing performances. They're all great. I mean, there's not a whole lot of actors in this, but everybody that is and their, char- their, their characters they play are perfect. They're spot on. And David's show also, I noticed, uh, did all the title cards. I, he, the only one I, I'm not sure on is the very first episode. But all the other ones are for sure David Show pieces of art that are the title cards. And the title cards are great. The titles of these episodes are great. They both fit the kind of theme and the energy of the show. And also, there are some, like, things through lines that go through. Like, there's an aspect of this that has to do with crows. And the very first title is in reference to birds. 
And so there are, are these things where everything feels like it fits and it has a purpose, which is good. It's good to have a show or any kind of narrative thing that like you could tell there was like care put into how it was made and it was made for a purpose. Uh, through the course of the show, like because of the events forcing both of these characters to express themselves in ways that put out the right the the norm for them that is out of the norm for them uh it just allows these characters to be fleshed out in a way that you really don't see in most shows um because you don't like you can have anti-heroes in shows but none of those shows i believe really show the complexity of a human as much as these people do, where they are at the same time bad people and good people. And also because of that, it allows for the people around them who are affected by the way they're acting to also show a multitude of emotions. And there are things that side characters, motivations that side characters have that also play into this story as well. We also get flashbacks to see kind of how our main characters, uh, Danny and Amy, were as children. The kind of a big theme of this show is how people make just its uh, decisions throughout their life. And they how after making a lifetime of decisions, you realize that maybe you're not the person you thought you were going to be. Um, or the people that you show, like the person after those decisions, you are hiding so much of who you are because you've strayed so far from who you thought you would be. So it really, getting these flashbacks really kind of sh fleshes out and shows the background, kind of how maybe these people started on their path to making bad decisions, trying to make people happy and not wanting to disappoint them, thus at an early age, starting to hide who they were. And then also what happens when that person you're hiding for your life starts to break out, starts to come out, right? In ways that are almost like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And like I said, because we are with these people who are at the same time good people, but also bad people, they become really sympathetic in ways that most anti-heroes like Breaking Bad aren't, I would say. Even though I, I think Walter White is definitely a sympathetic character. But these characters, I would say, are more so. And, and more like realistic. Like there's definitely an aspect to Walter White that feels you know, like elevated for a show versus this, like could feel like it, it could be you in some ways. I would imagine everybody on some level has done this and culturally more so than others. I'm sure kind of that repressed trying to pretend you're somebody that you're not to make to sustain the pride people have in you. And it's amazing how even in like episodes or even just in scenes, how people will fluctuate between being those kinds of people from being honest to wearing that mask. And it's amazing to kind of see that as well. And before I get into spoilers, I do want to say that it was a show that I never expected <laughs> would make me cry by the end of it. But this show, it, it, the kind of almost like the last actually the very last shot of this show up until the very I didn't expect I was going to cry and then for I the it just it just all built up and it got me and it it it's a wild ride this show it is a wild ride you're seeing people do things and go places you may not have ever expected which is something I always love about a show I love a show that can surprise me, especially a show that feels grounded and real, right? Which I would say in some ways Breaking Bad is that. 
But this, I would say, is even more. I would say this is even more of a... Because this isn't about people selling meth to pay for their cancer treatment, you know? This is this is just about the struggle to exist in life. But I do want to get into spoilers and dig into the aspects of the show that I really loved. So I would highly recommend checking it out. It is on Netflix. Uh, Ten episodes. It is... I think they were short episodes. I don't... I think... They're 30-minute episodes. Let me double-check. But I think I burned through it pretty quick. Um, let's see. 39 episodes for the first episode. 33. So they're a little over half-hour-ish. You could burn through it easy in a day. Which is great. Especially, it's like, there are definitely comedic parts. There's, I mean, this will trigger almost every emotion. Uh, but yeah, it's, you know, you, they're underdogs, they're overdogs, they're, they're horrible people. They're people that you hope for. It's got everything. So I would recommend checking it out, but I do want to get into spoilers. So let me do that now, right? You have both of these characters absolutely hate their lives. Like one is trapped. Amy is trapped be under her own success, right? Pursuing this this level of success that isn't what she wants but it's what she feels will make her husband proud will make her mother-in-law proud will make her parents proud and having to put on a fake smile always be happy right and uh even for the most pointless comment she sells plants and it's like customer service like if anybody's work customer service has felt that where you're at work, you feel like shit, you're having a horrible day, and then you have this cheery customer come up, and you have to put on the fake happy face and be happy to see them and pretend like you're happy to help them despite the fact that you're dying inside. And you get that just through Ali Wong's performance, just by the look on her face in so many scenes. And then you have the other guy, Steven Yoon's character, Danny, kind of just hustling to survive, right? He hasn't, like, Amy's on the verge of selling her plant store to a big, giant home improvement store type of a, a th company like a Lowe's. And Danny's just struggling to be a contractor, really more on the handyman level but it aspires to be a contractor. He aspires to buy a piece of land for his family that is in Korea because of legal problems his cousin is responsible for. And he wants to buy this land and build his parents a house. So that is kind of his dream. That is the pressure he's putting on himself. And he is not treated with any respect either, right? You see him installing like a ring doorbell. Ring doorbells, by the way, play a big part in this show. Probably a sponsor, I would imagine, on some level. Um, but he's not treated with any respect either. By a lot of people. Let's take a quick break right now to talk about... Are you a fan of original artwork and live events? Look no further than the Many Faces series by Ray Taylor and the weekly live stream over at YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder. This ongoing series explores the endless possibilities of the human face through abstract ink paintings on paper, capturing unique expressions of emotion, mood, tone, and energy in just a few minimal features. Join me every Thursday at 4.20 Pacific Time as I paint live. Follow the Many Faces series and discover the endless possibilities of the human face. Don't miss out on this opportunity to be part of the action and own a piece of original artwork by me, Ray Taylor. Head to youtube.com slash inspired disorder every Thursday to catch the live stream and visit inspireddisorder.com to browse and purchase the Many Faces artwork. And now let's get back to the show. And the opening of the show is perfect, right? It sets up the frustrations that they both deal with. Um, with him dealing with a return. And you don't even see why he is frustrated. You just see, 
like from his perspective, it almost kind of looks like he might be pulling off a scam because he's returning a bunch of hibachis. The cashier is acting like he is probably pulling off some kind of scam that he just doesn't understand because apparently this is the like the third time he's not only returned these like four hibachi grills, but also a carbon monoxide detector, right? But he definitely has a frustration when we find out what he was going to be using those for. It completely, like this show on a rewatch is even better because there are so moments where as the audience you are making assumptions about characters and when you see the reality of why they were doing what they were doing, it is so much more, they, they are so much more sympathetic. Like I, when watching this, I thought it was like, uh, he was pulling it. It's like, who's, I would assume that too. I would assume whatever that cashier, maybe I wouldn't have been a dick to him. Like the cashier was passive, aggressive, whatever, causing him to just like give up on the return because he couldn't find the receipt, but also not really given time to look for the receipt. So, like, I, he has this frustration going to the car, trying to put on your seatbelt when you're frustrated. It's like even when you're mentally frustrated, your car knows to not be nice to you. And that feeling where you have to calm everything down just to put your seatbelt on because it keeps catching as you're trying to buckle up fast out of rage. And then to be confronted with somebody who has a level of success has a level of income to where they have a nice white SUV, right? And you accidentally almost back into them, right? Not on purpose. He's just a little frustrated, pulled out a little bit too fast, right? It could happen to anybody, but for her to, for this white SUV to stop and hold on the horn, like it is an extended horn honk that this person is doing, right? Like, this is a person who is talking down to you via horn. That is, like, trying to shame you via car horn, right? So his frustration of, like, fuck you, especially knowing that the dude has been getting these hibachi grills to kill himself, right? And this is the third time, fourth time he's decided not to. But life is, like, who gives a fuck for him? He doesn't feel like he has a whole lot to live for anyway. So when this person is treating him like this, he's like, well, fuck you. Let's do this then. And I've had, never to this extent, but I've definitely had moments like that where it's like, fuck you. Let's do this. I don't care. Bring it. Right? And amazing car chase how it ends with her kind of and he never gets to see her face with her kind of getting the best of him getting away and even backing into him right to do what he did to her basically i'm sure she was scared we don't see her perspective of it until much later on in the series and she was scared as well and that was like her inciting like both of these people had their turning point in that moment right when he almost backed into her and she got scared and she's like, fuck this. And she makes that switch. And the same thing with him where he's like, you're going to flip me. Like first you honk for like an excessive amount of time. Then you're going to go and flip me off. It's like, this is it, right? They both had that turning point right about at the same time and how it ends where she's able to put him in that same kind of fear position, thinking she's going to back into him was great right kind of a, a great way to open this kind of a great way to show that inciting event <clears throat> right great opening you get the title card beef and the only title card that it feels I, it doesn't seem like a david show piece of artwork the all the other ones i know are uh because i can usually spot his work whether it's watercolor or inks whatever it is uh I can kind of spot his style. And then you have kind of this back and forth, right? He goes and he gets into her house, made up a story, pees on her bath bathroom. And then you see that like at the end of the episode, him running away and then her realizing and then chasing after him and seeing her face 
like this incident lights a fire seeing that he comes it's almost like two children two siblings beating up on each other testing each other like two sparring partners in a gym going after each other maybe going a little hard but it like lights a fire there is a look of joy in her face that seems different from the fake happy that she puts on seems different than the look she puts on when she sees her husband who is toxically joyful at all moments right it's so good so good right sets up everything sets up both of them their frustrations sets up like okay like you can kind of understand why they go back on some level are going back and forth because they are on they realize they're a willing sparring partner right it, it went past steven yoon took it past just the road rage incident and she you know then goes on to yelp and it's like it starts this thing where they're going back and forth against each other but then that it like it affects everything in such a toxic way like you see him almost light her car on fire but he sees her daughter june in the car you see her and his brother get together and and seems to be like they bond over like one of the first questions which i thought was great which him, it was him asking what she hates. She's like, I've never been asked that. And it's clearly something that, like, I think a lot of people bond over what they hate more than what they like. Like, if you can bond on what you can talk shit about, then that's probably going to be a good bond versus, like, because people just don't really talk about things they like in the same ways with the same kind of energy of the things they hate. And if you hate something that's different than somebody else then every time they vocalize that hate could almost feel like an attack on you. So if you could find somebody that you bond over hate, uh, that's a that's a solid that's a solid relationship, I would say. And just hope that neither of you grow. Hopefully the hate isn't like some kind of institutionalized racism or homophobia or transphobia. It's not some like right wing breed of hate that it is like you hate the injustice in the world. You hate billionaires, right? You you can bond over uh, maybe your right type of political affiliated hate. Uh, although I'm sure it ha the hate that happens on the other side makes sense as well, right? Um, you have, which I actually liked her connection with Paul, right? Until he wanted money and started acting like kind of... Uh, didn't really have respect for what she it took for her to get where she is right acting like success and being a millionaire is something that can easily happen if only he was given some money right and and, and how that ended was a bummer but i liked their like because it seemed like finally it seemed like they fit in some ways like she he got to her in a way that she had been wanting and wasn't getting from her husband then you have uh, Danny and George at play, pretending to be Zane right on their like bike rides. And I love that when George comes out to uh, comes clean to Amy about cheating with her assistant uh, and she thinks that he's cheating with Zane. I, I thought it was hilarious. Um, and there's many times where they're face-to-face where Danny and Amy are face-to-face -face. and like whether it's at George's event or um them meeting in the parking lot where she wants to give him money to kind of take the fall for the road rage incident because people are starting to investigate I also love that they it, it, a lot of times in those moments there's like a, a a genuine bonding moment like when he's when Danny comes to George's thing and he asks her like so is this like are you able to finally stop or is this are you still hustling kind of a thing right and one of many times she will say or characters will say like it never ends it's all it's always fading you're always having to kind of grasp things get out of your grasp a common theme that like even the billionaire says right and then when they she goes to pay him off she's like i'm a small business you're a small well maybe you're a micro business but like 
I have I believe in you. Like she be- she wants him to do well. And how they both blow up on the guy who's like waiting to get in one of their spaces as they're having amazing, right? You're seeing kind of this bond slowly materialize through the course of these episodes. So good. And she kind of wants to help him. Obviously, that is a constantly back and forth. Like, even within scenes, they will go from, like, being friendly to being enemies. And, like, back and forth constantly. Versus, like, his cousin, Isaac, played by David Cho, who just wants to use him, right, as a cover. Just wants to use him. Doesn't really care about him. I mean, I guess on some level, he wants him to be... To sh- he wants to share the success with him, but he's doing it clearly in a way that has already hurt the family, caused his parents to be to go back to Korea, you know. So everybody's bad in this show, right? But both leads, amazing actors. Everybody else involved is great as well. David Cho, like I said, um, he plays the cousin Isaac. And everything Isaac does and says, how he acts, is very David show. Back in the DVD ASA days, the podcast he did with Asa Akira, he showed all of that range. He showed all of those emotions. It was a show where he went off on people. For those that don't know who David show is, he is a, a super interesting guy. He's done the show Thumbs Up on vice where he hitchhikes across america but he's a guy who is an artist a, a very one of the most wealthiest artists on the planet right now i'm sure he before getting rich in art he's always been an artist but before that he got into gambling became a millionaire gambling right kind of had an addiction went away from that started doing his art more like basically just decided to raise the prices of his art to like ridiculous amounts and then people just started buying them and he also got commissioned to paint the uh the offices of facebook in the early days of facebook he was given stock in the early days of facebook so obviously as facebook has exploded i don't know how much of that he still owns i'm sure he's diversified into other things at this point but he is not want for money, David Show. Also, obviously, did he did a show on Hulu for a bit or FX for a bit, the Cho Show, um, where he interviews people. Kind of a mixture of him painting with also kind of podcast a little bit. DVD ASA was the thing that I really fell in love with his his work as a like as a person, and that's where you saw these things. So like. When his character is like, has all this money and loaning money to people, David Cho is a multimillionaire and I'm sure has had conversations like that with people where he's out to go eat and they want to talk money before they even get their food and he gets angry. Or when he meets somebody he hasn't seen for a while and he's like, give me a, 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 I want a face to face hug. None of this shoulder to shoulder. I want tip to tip. Right, those are things that David Cho would say and has said similar things in everything. Like he the the way he speaks is brought to this character, how he can be just super angry and like when after him and Danny get busted in Vegas and he is on house arrest and he's telling Danny you work for me now and he's super angry at Danny and then on a dime switches when he takes a bite of that bread and he's like oh this bread is really good or when they first meet after he gets out of prison when he's first introduced and he has that self-reflective moment where he's like I actually need to calm down like this is I'm something this is something I'm working on because David Cho is perpetually always working on himself so there are so many things the rage kind of being dominant and putting people down in that way, the yelling, like all of these things, all of these emotions and and rages and fluctuation of tones were present in David Cho doing the podcast DVD ASA. So it's great to see 
all of those things, those extremes of that are within him uh, expressed in a great way in this show. And I would say the most acting he does in this is the, I mean, something that felt like off was when he's robbing the billionaire, which is also a great scene. Um, but I thought it was amazing, amazing to see like, and I heard his performance was great. I think Santino's talked about it on his podcast at one point, And I totally agree, right? His, his ability to be that character, to be Isaac is, is great. That, that cousin who is constantly in the import export business, constantly hustling, buying and selling sketchy stuff, right? Always great. Let's take a quick break from this episode to talk about attention, attention all Ray, Ray Taylor, Taylor show, show fans. fans. We're excited to announce we've just released a line of exclusive merchandise featuring original artwork inspired by the show. Our high quality shirts and biodegradable phone cases are a perfect way to show your support for the show and make a great gift for any fan. Plus, with each purchase, you'll be helping us continue to bring you great content. So don't wait. Head on over to InspireDisorder.com now and check out the full collection. Thanks for listening, and we hope you'll show your support by grabbing some Ray Taylor Show merchandise today. And now, let's get back to the show. And uh, you find out their mom... Amy's uh, mother-in-law, she's having financial issues and how that kind of plays into everything. It kind of whole adds a whole different dynamic, especially for a character. Like there's so many times where whether it's Danny and the hibachi grills or her mother and how she is like just looks down on everybody pretentious. Her husband was a famous artist her her son is kind of a disappointment with his art never really done anything kind of a spoiled guy she's always talking down to amy always like nagging her talking uh, criticizing the remodel she did on her house like not being uh, supportive or positive in any way versus her son is like like toxically the other end of the spectrum which has to be i'm sure a mind fuck for amy but when you find out that she doesn't have money, it's just like, uh, oh, of course, of course. And the fact that she's like still being horrible to the person that she needs money from is just, I, it's just one of those things that you see in families a lot where it's just like, why are you doing this? It's like, well, they're families like that. The, the explanation for doing things, doing good things for bad people the explanation of that being their family to me who's not close with any of my family is just insane um really no good people amy's husband george toxic positivity also in some ways cheating maybe not have had a sexual relationship but clearly is fantasizing about this girl liking this girl that her his that works with his wife like he is like not only emotionally entangled with this person that is not his wife, but somebody that she knows it's like if it would feel like a personal attack. Right. And this guy is like spoiled. Right. I kind of feel bad for this guy on some level. Right. He comes from a, a dad is famous artist. His mom clearly like his his biggest fan, his dad's biggest fan helps sell his art, knows the, the, the right stories to tell, to, to push the art piece, to sell the art piece. But so I'm sure he's grown up in that shadow of his dad, but in like struggling, I think part, probably he's never developed his own style because he was always trying to be his dad in some way in what he made. And like his work is not very good, not very good. But, you know, I think he never I think he was always trying to be somebody else instead of just trying to feed to see how he who he is as an artist and how to develop that. And even how his mom talks about June and her art is like kind of a bummer. You know, she's like, like, you know, 
training somebody to be a good artist rather than allowing somebody to develop who they are as an artist on their own i think there's i think there's there's you know probably two forms of school i'm more of the find your voice develop your voice because there i i I i refuse to believe there are rules i think there are things you can do that have been proven to work in the past and you can do those things and people call those things rules but i think rules are broken all the time by people that don't follow them and i think there's nothing wrong with breaking rules and if you're able to create something that are that's outside of rules that people relate to then that's all that matters is that somebody resonates with the work you do and he's got like george fragile ego like even when the cops are on the phone with him during the kidnapping are they're so tired of him. it's like okay george you can go you don't need like he's about six foot actually he's probably about 5'11 like clearly like his ego is constantly being hurt and at risk to being broken um the neighbor naomi when she kind of starts to investigate but also her networking and, and in many ways kind of sleeping to the top trying to uh trying to be a person of note without having to do anything of note in many ways and selfish selfish you know as we saw in the last episode where she put the, push the close the uh, escape room door a little bit soon absolutely brutal scene uh but you know she just couldn't she couldn't wait she couldn't wait she's like nah he's i, I gotta save myself sorry lady um which is probably the one moment i actually liked about her uh and there's great setups in this show there are setups that happen like just they seem so nonchalant and when they come back it is so amazing like when paul teaches amy the arm bar in vegas while they're just wrestling around just kind of enjoying each other right bonding playing having fun it just like makes sense he's in vegas his boys in, in quotes his boys of, of vegas is an mma fighter i mean so he maybe he knows some basic jujitsu knows what an arm bar is and seeing how she uses that in the last episode like i laughed and clapped I was like that is such a great setup um the gun that obviously the checkoff's gun that exists throughout this show the escape room where that one point uh the billionaire is pulled away to go take a look at different escape rooms and how that actually comes into use at the end the ideas of birds whether it's the first title the birds don't sing they screech in pain or the the story that michael played by um andrew santino tells the other kind of uh bad guy henchman kind of a guy uh bobby about the experiment with birds and dick cheney and how that experiment becomes realized at the last episode where you have the beginning of the last episode. You have these crows having a discussion about how one of them was fed by Danny. So they like Danny. So they're not going to do anything to him. And the other one had a gun pointed at by Amy, which if you see that scene when Amy's flipping out with the gun in her house, there's a bird in one of her rooms that she like uh, a skylight in a room that she scares off with the gun, right? And you see how that comes back to bite her. These birds attack her in that last scene, helping Danny survive. It's 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 like this things, and then also the the uh, Dick Cheney masks that they wear during the the robbery. A lot of setups, a lot of great payoffs. Um. And also, Amy had the story about her mom, how, like, when she came to America, she'd never heard birds chirp because in Korea they had eaten them all, right? Also, in reference to birds, it's, uh, you know, the story of Danny at the church when, uh, when Isaac Crickets died. Danny used them to feed a, a, a wounded crow. And the final episode is kind of perfect, right? You have these two characters that we've seen battle it out, cause destruction in their their lives, everybody else's lives around them. And finally, they're kind of forced to 
survive together. Nobody else is around. No way to escape. Right? They're forced to rely on each other to survive. Right? Also, it has some of the funniest scenes. Right? The way they drift so effortlessly from enemies to allies and back and forth just within a scene is just amazing. Whether it's them yelling at each other across this ravine and then finding out that that Paul might be dead and like instantly changing to sympathetic and like like it's clear they have like they feel like siblings in such a way where siblings in many ways are able to do that where they're able to like be violent and evil and mean to each other but then on a dime switch and still be loving and like unconditional love for each other which is crazy to me but it's it's such an interesting connection they have right everything is so temporary right depending on just kind of what their personal wants are at any given moment uh <clears throat> and then you have the elderberry scene which i thought was amazing probably one of the best I, I use the majority of scenes that involve psychedelics in shows. I've never used psychedelics. So maybe I, my opinion, take it with a grain of salt, but most of them are garbage. This scene I think is amazing and also feels like what is happening now that psychedelics are being legalized for uh, therapeutic use. It really feels like these two people are doing like a group therapy session where they both have similar pasts, both have similar traumas, both are hiding who they are, both have made bad decisions in their lives and are on this thing where they, in one scene, become one. They become each other, right? Uh, the whole catch-22 of life or tattoo kind of having an interesting meaning uh, in reference to everything with the show and their lives both think they're dying coming to grips with their dying coming to grips with their mistakes forgiving themselves on one one level and I think that's why I think because they're able to bond in that way and they're able to realize who they are and what they are and and p possibly move past that especially thinking they're both going to die and then waking up covered in branches still alive, letting out kind of a cathartic laughing like joy that they are still alive. How ridiculous it is that they're both still alive. So when the end, the very end hit me so hard, I think it's because we get this moment, we get this, we really see them bond in a way that never would have been expected and they were forced there was nothing it wasn't planned it was just them trying to survive and coming out the other end right and the pressure they have of keeping just so much of their lives hidden right dealing with so much pressure and then finally finally finding a release after all of that right somehow surviving it together And no family, no friends, no other human being in their lives knows them better than they know each other in this moment. And so at the end, it hits me so hard, right? In so many ways, they, they're perfect for each other. They, they are damaged in so many of the same ways. They, they've clearly, like, there's clearly been... When she chases him down in that first episode and she almost has a look of like, this was kind of fun, right? And they're back and forth. They've both gotten joy out of that. So at least in that moment at the end, it's perfect for them. At the very end when they're in the hospital, right? In that moment. But this fucking show could not believe that it made me cry so hard at the end so it like it was we i was not expecting it same thing happened in terms of endearment D in the hospital scene in terms of endearment like the these hospital scenes out of nowhere i think it's because you finally you know these characters so well 
and you see that there's finally this transition to them getting past their pain that for whatever reason makes me cry right um but as the show also shows everything fades nothing ever lasts right this show in so many ways is so much more than just great performance so much more than an interesting premise of road rage uh so right those aspects really allow the show to be about how hard life is the struggle of life the struggle to be the right son to your parents the struggle to be the right wife to your your husband the right mother to your daughter the right daughter-in-law the struggle to be a good person and to do the right things the struggle to be honest with yourself to yourself and to the world struggle to deal with the bad choices you've made in your past the things that you've kept hidden that keep piling up that stack of Hershey's wrappers underneath a lamp they keep piling up until the lamp tits over and is any of it worth it is is success is the struggle to do all these things to reach this level of success is any of that stuff worth it um sometimes just surviving one more day is the only kind of success that you need right whether it's dealing with the pressures they're dealing with whether it's dealing with the depression and and suicidal thoughts that Danny's dealing with sometimes just making it through the day to another whether it's accidentally eating poison out in the wilderness sometimes waking up under a tree covered in branches as long as you're still alive is a success you successfully survived another day and you have another opportunity to make different choices in your life another opportunity to be nice to birds and nice to yourself i want to thank you all for tuning in to the ray taylor show i hope you enjoyed my thoughts on the netflix series beef don't forget to tune in every monday wednesday and friday for more reviews on movie and tv shows and join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on youtube until next time enjoy the show new episodes of the ray taylor show come out every single day subscribe on youtube and everywhere our podcasts are found binge the full week over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus buy ray taylor show merch over at inspireddisorder.com have a wonderful day everybody peace out today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about everything that you've been wanting every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real dreams can come true what you manifest in your mind you can bring to reality